What's going on, y'all? It is Lita Johnson. We are here. This is what we talking about today. We talking about the NFC Championship game. Coming straight in. This is the Follow Leader Podcast. I'm your host with the most, so have a toast. Let's get to it. It's a lot going on with this game. A lot being said. Brock Purdy has been a phenomenon for the 49ers, but so was Jimmy Garoppolo when he came in. Trey Lance was the first guy, which I, I, I'm really like on that point, man. I'm like, yo, you, you know what I don't agree with? The, the, the Trey Lance has done thing. Like, <clears throat> if he wins the Super Bowl, and I can understand the talk coming up, but he's just doing what he's supposed to do as a backup quarterback. I don't care what you think you heard from Trey Lance uh, uh, when he performed last time. He only had one game. He only had one game. This is the man they traded their whole future for. And I guess Brock Purdy makes up for it. I don't know. Um, I just think that's unfair for Trey Lance. You know, you you at least go into the uh, training camp, let them battle for it. Um, but I just feel like it's kind of messed up that your backup quarterback does what he's supposed to do, and all of a sudden he takes the job of a starting quarterback. That makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. I just feel like that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> um Now to this team, this offense has Debo Samuel, it's Christian McCaffrey. Both are dealing with injuries. Um, they have other guys. Kittle is one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, but top to bottom, talking about offense, if, if we're, I'm tired of hearing these conversations. I know San Francisco is a very good team. Kyle Shanahan's a very good coach. Miko Ryan's a very good coach. But let's be real about the offenses. You talk about Kittle, you can talk about Goddard the same way. It's that Kittle has been in this league longer. Been doing it for a longer time, but if you look at Dallas Goddard, he's an elite tight end. He's a guy you have to account for on the field. There's no question about it. If, if that's what they're not thinking, then that's an advantage for Philly because he will eat you alive. Um, are we talking about Smith and AJ Brown, two a thousand yard receivers? One almost caught a hundred catches. Um, one caught for over fifteen hundred yards. Two number one receivers. There's not two number one receivers on the field. Now, not even with the Christian McCaffrey element, does that even equal out to two receivers? Not two receivers. If you look at Debo Samuel, he's the better all-around receiver than than um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But strictly being a receiver, strictly a receiver, Samuels is not better than neither one of them. The only reason you said Debo's over the all-around talent because he can actually run the ball as a running back. You know, but who's going to run against this defensive line? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But you're also talking about Quez Watkins, who's a number two receiver, playing the third role. We could run a 4-3-4-2 type receiver. He's made big plays this year. He's displayed while he's big, you know. And then if you're talking about – if we're going to talk about the other offensive weapons on the 49ers – we can mention Zach Pascal, who's always a, a surprise catching the ball. We can talk about Kenneth Gainway or catching the ball. We can talk about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they still got guys like Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra 
backing up or you want to say they're not they're not to worry about. Well, we're talking about other backup receivers. We're talking about other receivers besides Debo Samuel. Because at the Debo Samuel, there's no elite receivers. You got Debo and Kittle. After that, where are we at? I just named three. And then I went to a fourth guy. So now we're talking about a fourth guy. I guess you want to start talking about Brandon Ayuk and all those guys. Well, you can say Chris Watkins and Zach Pascal. Jack Stowe, you have to mention Jack Stowe and Grant Cotero. These guys have caught, have had big games when when Dallas Goddard was out. Grant Cotero has caught in big catches for big yards all season. He When he's called upon, he does his thing. So if you're going to talk about, let's talk about the elite talents. Let's talk about the elite talents. Let's talk about uh, Dallas Goddard. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Then over, over their side is a receiver is Debo Samuel and Kittle. It's already a, it's already in that regard, it's outnumber. Then you talk about Quez Walking. I don't think nobody is mentioning Quez Walking like they should. This guy, if he gets out, he's a weapon. He's a hard to deal with. So we go with the elite, then then we go to Quez Watkins. I don't think after the elite talents, we go to Quez. And he's a hard guy to deal with, period. So then you go to the rest of the guys in, in, in San Francisco, and Quez and, and Zach Pascal, those guys are just as dangerous as any of them. Jack Stoll, look at the games they've had. And Grant Kattin, let's look at the games they've had. These guys are all weapons. After the elite weapons, you you count those guys. Then we're talking about running the ball. Okay, we got Christian McCaffrey who can, who can run and catch the ball. One of the best all around, if not the best all around running back in football. You got Miles Sanders who can run the ball relentless. You got Kenneth Gainwell. We, we mentioned him as a receiver. Let's mention him as a running back after a hundred yard performance. Boston Scott. I mean, he's just continued. You know, when the season first started, he was a little down. Now he's just become run like a, a person possessed. Ever since the Hurts injury, like I think uh, even a couple games before that, it's like Scott, after hearing those trade rumors, he was on the prowl. And he's good in special teams. He's returning as a kicker. So, we talk about Armstead and Bosa. We talk about all these guys. They got Fred Warner and the cornerbacks the, the don't match up against these receivers. That, that's the first thing. And then you talk about everybody saying that the the uh, throwing the ball, deep ball. The thing is this. Philadelphia, it don't matter what 49ers' weaknesses was. What there wasn't their weakness is going to be a weakness because Philadelphia's offensive weapons, just them two receivers right there can take over the game. And then you got Dallas Goddard who spells them. Let's that's, that's focus on that first. Let's just focus on that. That's going to give the defense of 49ers a whole bunch of hell all game. But then you got to mess with the running backs. Not only do you have three, you have Jalen Hurts. Like, you don't know where these running backs are going to come from. You don't know what they're going to do. Then you got passes that they can throw to Sanders. They can throw the the Gainwell. They can throw to Scott. You never know what they can do. And then you're talking about Jack Stoll. Who who knows if they're going to throw a trick pass to a Jack Stoll or Grant Calterra. These guys can stretch the field. Like, Philadelphia is truly deep in offense. But what makes them so dangerous is the fact that Jalen Hurts 
is allows the defense like when he when he's in the box when when, when he's in the pocket where he moves at the whole defense is looking at because they know he can catch out. I don't care what injury he has. Jalen Hurts is still a threat to run. No matter what happens, if he's going to get hurt, he's one of those type of guys, like Allen Iverson type guy. He's going to go out there and play his game no matter how hurt he is. So I just feel like this offense does too much for San Francisco's defense, for any defense. We look at the game where it was 19 to 12. They had a 19. We never had. We scored. You look at that game. Philadelphia scored 26 points. 26 points. On Dallas. The next game without Jalen Hurts. They scored 33 points on Dallas. 34. 34 points. So, now you come to San Fran, and this is Philadelphia playing San Fran with Jalen Hurts. I don't think, I don't like the chances for San Francisco. I just don't like the chances. They're a good team. They're one of the best teams. And they used to trip me out during the season how they used to, like, you know, bring up San Francisco over over Philadelphia. Philadelphia's been number one all season. Oh, they ain't played nobody. Who was San Francisco playing? That makes them that much better than Philadelphia. You know, the, the, the people they beat, how does it make it that much better than Philly? Philly to beat Tennessee. If we're, we're going to be real, like I, I was hearing Mad Dog Russo come up with that against Chris Canty. That was his argument. Like, they ain't played nobody. I'm like, well, to you, they haven't played anybody. But Detroit was a team that was fighting for a playoff spot. Washington was a team that was fighting for a playoff spot. Um, Tennessee was one of the toughest teams in the league. Green Bay, before the, the the schedule was even made, Green Bay was considered the playoff team. They played tough as hell. Pittsburgh played tough as hell all season. It's just when they run into Philadelphia, they look like nobody. You look, Everybody looks like nobody. Philadelphia is the team. Like if Philadelphia's not playing Buffalo or Kansas City or, or, or San Francisco, they haven't they're, they're not playing nobody. They they dominated Minnesota. Everybody, oh Minnesota's this and that. Well, they were still a playoff team. There's nothing you can say about that. Sorry that you don't like them, but they're a playoff team. Philadelphia's six and Jalen Hurts is six and zero versus playoff team. Six and zero. So what are we talking about right now? The defense versus uh, the, the offense of 49ers, it's pretty evident that they do, 49ers do have some game-changing guys in Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh, and Kittle. They have some good, but Philadelphia's defense across the board. See, you didn't say this at first when the season first started. You know, you had the, the roster. When, when the season first started, Philadelphia looked good as a roster, period. But nobody performed yet. So there was nothing you could really – me, I was real hard on them through the whole season because I was like, they're not Super Bowl contenders yet. Then I said, they beat Dallas, they're Super Bowl contenders. Bam, they beat Dallas. I said, okay. And then I said, okay, they got to keep rolling. Let's see what they do against Tennessee. Tennessee was coming up. I said, they got, we'll see what they do against Tennessee. Boom. I mean, a lot of a lot of games was test. Arizona was a test. You know, Tennessee. The Colts were a tough team. It's because they're not elite. They're a tough team. They're a team that – has played playoff uh, aspirations before the season started. So nobody can't say that. 
So this team just turned out to be not as you expected, but they were a tough team, a team that could fight for a playoff, could make a playoff, but they just didn't make it, just like Green Bay. But when they ran into Philadelphia, there was no chance. There was no chance. The coach tried, but Philadelphia was just too tough. There were tough teams with losing records all across the board, teams that were expected. Pittsburgh, the Colts, and, and Green Bay were three teams that were expected to challenge for playoff spots to probably be in the playoffs because, you know, it's Mike Tomlin. I know Mike Tomlin had the rookie quarterback, but it's Mike Tomlin. Everybody bets on Mike Tomlin to at least be in the contention for a playoff spot. They treated Pittsburgh like they were nobody. They just, just, just beat them up. Green Bay, they ran all over Green Bay. You know, uh, Arizona, they got in Arizona. These were all teams that were expected to be. Some of them had winning records mess up playing Philadelphia, and then after they played Philadelphia, it was nothing. Their, their schedule might not have been one of the strongest schedules, but it definitely was a schedule full of tests. If they couldn't beat Green Bay, then who are we talking about, no matter what type of winning record they have? If they couldn't beat the tough Pittsburgh Steelers, then who are we talking about? What are we talking about? How bad would y'all be talking about them then if they just beat the if they didn't beat these teams, <laughs> but they still had a winning record? How bad would you be talking about them? So there's there's no there's no wins with some people with Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the best team. Every team they treated like whatever they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, you look at the New Orleans game; the defense still played great. You look at the Dallas game, offensive weapons still look good. Then you look at the defensive game against New York, the last game. It was like Philadelphia really didn't play as hard to beat New York because they were just like, hey. Like they was beating them, then they slacked off again like they did against Dallas. Then they realized, oh, we got to wake up. Okay, let's get this game done. This is how good Philadelphia is. They can slack off and take a break and then beat you. Only people that can beat Philadelphia is Philadelphia beating themselves. Against Dallas, they beat themselves. Turnovers, they beat themselves. Washington Redskins, they beat themselves. There was no team that has clearly beat Philadelphia all year. All year. New Orleans, they beat themselves. Turnovers. And, you know, of course, Minshew as, in, as, as incorporated, as in locked in with the team is Jalen Hurts. But this defense with four people with 10 sacks or over, this defensive line, also Fletcher Cox on the line, seven sacks. Nobody's even thinking about that. That's how good the defense is. Marcus Epps has 94 tackles. That's almost a third guy with 100 tackles on this team besides Kazar White and T.J. Edwards. Nobody's talking about that. You know why? Because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has six interceptions. The cornerbacks are the two best in the league. That's just what it is. Everybody can say what they want. Oh, this guy? No, they're not, man. Together, these guys have been the best shutdown duo in the league. You can't throw to neither one of them. And that's another reason why the pass rush is so big, because you got elite pass rushes, and, and you're waiting, and you're like, oh, I can't throw to nobody because they're covered. And boom, you get you get sacked. You, you got these dogs coming at you. Not only backing up the dog, you got Sue, Linval Joseph, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. You got Robert Quinn. You got dogs in the back ready to roll up at any given time on this defensive line. Uh, Kazar White and T.J. Edwards are 200. Okay, you got Hassan Reddick who had 16 sacks on the season. Looking at 17 and a half counting the playoffs. 
Now you got T.J. Edwards, but you forget you got T.J. Edwards and Kazar White over there with a hundred plus tackles. Like this team is too too locked in a good. On the bench you got Nicobe Dean and Sean Bradley. <laughs> like this team is just locked in with players. You look at uh, Avante Maddox's plan. You got him back, one of the most rawest nickel corners in the league. Then you still got Josiah Scott that backs him up. On 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 your on your safety field backing up. Now Contronti Gardner Johnson is back there, who who is the league leader in interceptions along with Kareem Woolen. He is the he's an interception leader. You got back there, and then you got Reed Blankenship and Kevon Wallace who have been playing big all year. Like this defense is nuts, nuts. The the the, the special teams. I hope you don't think about making those special teams hits because they've gotten better and better the last five games until the playoffs. They've been an elite. Team, you know, Zach McPherson, Kevon Wallace, uh, Sean Bradley, so many different dogs, Nicole Dean, so many different dogs on special teams, man. I just don't, what, what, what is the, the thing is this Philadelphia has the best offensive line in football. In football. All five of the offensive linemen are on the Pro Bowl. Three made it to, to, to the initial team. And then the alternates, just two alternates. Like, are, are we are we are we kidding ourselves about how good this offensive line is? No matter what Nick Bosa and all those guys got on their line, you're talking about. And then the depth of the line with Jack Driscoll and other guys, you know, Cam Jurgens. Like, there are just it is depth on that offensive line. So if somebody goes down, you know somebody can come in and, and, and be well or good enough to do it. The Eagles did it last the last championship run when uh Vita. You know, Vita came in for Jason Peters, the best tackle in the league at the time. He comes in and bam. Stoutland has him ready. So the thing is this against that great defense of Samson, they have to go against the best offensive line in football. And these weapons that the Eagles got are not just standby weapons that, that that blast off just because of their block. These guys are already explosive. Sanders has been a productive quarterback since he's been here. It's just been injuries and some fumbles, you know. But the man's been one of the most productive quarterbacks in football. Then you still got Gainwell and Scott. Gainwell just came off a 100-yard game at the same time that Sanders had a 90-yard game. People should be very afraid, very afraid. Anybody they put in there from Scott to, to Hurts, them, them guys, all four of them guys are just trouble. And so the thing is, the defense of the Niners against Philadelphia's offense, I mean, they talk about their cornerbacks. Philadelphia has two number one receivers, not to mention a Quez Watkins that can get out on you at any time that people are not even watching out for. Zach Pascal could be a guy. They throw four receivers in there. You forget all about him because of the other two receivers. And Bow, Pascal always gets off. When, when he's called upon, he, he gets off. So this is going to be a very, very I, – I, I, listen, I'm predicting a blowout. And, I, and I'm going on record as good as San Francisco is. The way this team is built is not ready for Philadelphia and, and the scars they've been through since last year to this year. This team has grown through the weeks, and they are hungry. More and more hungry every game. Uh, the surprise guy I'm looking for, because I'm looking for him to show up, is Robert Quinn. I'm, 
Like, are they going to unleash him? Is he going to get... I really didn't see a sighting of him. So, <clears throat> it's real... Real interesting to see how they're going to do this. Are they going to throw Robert Quinn in there sometime? Or, you know, they have Brandon Graham. They have Josh Sweat. Uh, Milton Williams, I'm pretty sure he plays some of that defensive end spot. I'm pretty sure Jordan Davis can play some edge with his athletic ability. But Robert Quinn is another guy they can throw in there. I'm just anxious to see him get in there and get after the quarterback. Um, There's so many weapons on this. This defense, when you talk about a defense, I mean, I've been watching Philadelphia. I've been watching them play for so long. And um, when you watch Philadelphia play, Um, I've never seen them have this deep of a defense, this productive of a defense. You know, you may be coming to the season, you say, "Oh, this is deep," but not like this. This is this is this is pandemonium. This is this is nuts right now. Like, just look at it from top to bottom, from the, from your defensive line. Everybody on their defensive line is is dangerous. Like one on one, you you really trying to double team every single one of them. Cox has been double teamed since he's been a double team candidate since he's been an Eagle. And now you got Javon Hargrave and Josh Sweat and Graham. They, I mean, these guys have been menaces for a long time. Josh Sweat finally got that breakout season. Everybody expected him to have. Graham had the comeback season. Everybody knew he could have. Uh, Javon Hargrave has been doing what he's always doing. And now you got Davis back healthy. You got you got Sue and Joseph. They're all healthy. Milton Williams. Everybody forget about the four set guy. Milton Williams. How good he's been as a backup. It's not been talked about. Just how he was a draft pick last year. He has been productive ever since last year. He has been a real good draft pick. Nobody talks about. Um I just really think their line is just so spoiled with talent, man. I mean, it's so many dogs on their defensive line. I've never, in my years of watching Philly, I've never, I mean, I watched the Buddy Ryan era with Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, uh, Mike Golick, uh, guys on their defensive line. I've watched that. I've watched lines that had Andy Harmon. I've watched Corey Simon, Timmy Jernigan. I've watched lines that had Hugh Douglas, Javon Curse. I mean, what are we talking about right now? All right, but this line is the best they have ever been. This defense is the best they have ever been. Totally. I mean, TJ Edwards, Kazar White, Hassan Reddick, up and down the line. This is an all-star defense. This is really an all-star defense. You can talk about everything Tiffany has done, but solely, even before these guys have even gotten to Philadelphia, they had names. They had names. You can't say that about the San Francisco defense. You know, collectively, they have been – this good, great, great defense. But before he's got Chauncey Gardner Johnson had a name before he came here. Okay, Epps earned his name. Um, Kazar White had a name before he came here. T.J. Edwards earned his name. Okay, Hassan Reddick had a name. Javon Hargrave had a name. Graham has a name. Uh, Josh Sweat earned his name. You know, he earned his name himself from the Eagles. Um, of course, Fletcher Cox had a name. I mean, we're talking about Sue, Joseph, Quinn had names. Jordan Davis even had a name, you know, as great as he was for Georgia. So 
this is a big team. This just I just feel like this is going to be a game. Everybody's thinking about, you know, close this and, you know, so I don't think it's going to be that. Not at the at, at the level it's at. We're, we're talking about playoffs and what's on the line and what's on the table. Philadelphia's going to come out like a bunch of animals. You got Anita Baker singing the halftime show. Of course, Jalen Hurts kind of made that happen by saying, oh, it's my favorite singer. And, you know, he kind of made that. No no doubt that was worked in by Philadelphia. Um, no one would Jalen what he what he said. So I gotta say this, um it's no question, uh Philadelphia Eagles just look and then you got the draft picks coming up. Like I say, I like Brian Bressy. They won't get both of them. Joey Porter is too high highly recommended for Philadelphia to get both of them. But Brian Bressy, if we're talking about draft picks, not Stankoos, but who would I want to get? I would want to get Joey Porter first. Yeah, I, I think if, if we're talking about a player to plug in as a as a cornerback, I think if you looked at the way of my garden, I think Joey Porter. If I had to jump between Bressy and Porter, I would go with Joey Porter. But at the same time, you can really calm it down because the defense alignment are better at the top of the draft. So Brian Bressy, I just like I like Brian Bressy, man. Miles Murphy's the the next one after that. I would see. I would say it'd be good to get, but Brian Bressy is the guy. He was number one in the country out of his recruiting class, and he's he's just as good as advertised. Um, after that, if you go down, you got Christian Christian Gonzalez, uh, Kelly Ringo, um, Antonio Johnson. There are some good cornerbacks you can get in the later round. So I think getting a defensive lineman would be good first. Go for that defensive Stallworth guy. Uh, hit him. It's going to be good a good draft for the Eagles because they're already number one. They're already, especially if they win this if they win this Super Bowl. Like this look, this draft looks like a, the fools. This looks like just gold for them. Like kid in Candy World, you know, kid in Toyland. Like you're already your roster is already built to the capacity now you're just getting guys that are going to come in and learn from guys like Slay you know it's going to be a lot to see Zach McPherson is a guy I haven't talked so much about I think he's just a very very good player we'll see what happens um Philly is going to be a better team next year I see it I see it so much but um we're out y'all listen um, this is the, my preview of the NFC Championship game coming up. Um, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, my man. I mean, we turned up, man. We lit out here. And this is the Philadelphia NFC versus the 49ers NFC Championship game. Eagles 49ers preview. Um, talk to y'all after the game, man. Follow the leader.